Hello everybody, this is James Schofield, and you're listening to Behind the Bottom Line. Here we are on episode two of season seven, and just before I get into the story, I wanted to tell you that you can read the transcript of today's story, Angela's Trumpet, in the show notes on my website. Just go to behindthebottomline.com, that's all one word, click on this episode and you'll find the whole story for you to read if you want to. Now let's turn to Angela's Trumpet, and I'll just say one thing. The French have a saying, revenge is a dish best served cold. And this story might be a nice illustration of this. Hello, Rudy. This is Angela. I need you to come to my apartment now. It's important. The door's unlocked. Just come through to the conservatory. I'm gardening. Rudolf Helm head of corporate security at Planck Pharmaceuticals in Basel, listened to the voicemail again and wondered if he should go. Dr. Angela Wharton had recently retired as head of research from the company. Or, better said, she'd been retired. She and the new CEO had not seen eye to eye and he'd pushed her out so she wasn't even a company employee anymore. The CEO would not be pleased to hear about him visiting her. On the other hand, Angela was a dangerous person to cross. When she'd left the company six months before, Rudy had expected a scandal of some kind. Then he'd heard she'd needed chemotherapy, which explained her silence. It might be wise to find out what she wanted. And anyway, he liked her. She was a very clever woman. As promised, the door was open. He walked through the apartment to the back, where some of the more expensive apartments in that part of Basel had a conservatory. He'd seen one or two such places, and mostly they were filled with rubber plants and a few wicker chairs. But as Rudy approached the glass doors, he could see this was something different. The windows were a mass of green leaves with flashes of colour from exotic flowers. And as he entered the room, it was like stepping into a warm, perfumed jungle. Angela, he called. Where are you? Follow the path, she called back. I'm in the middle of my Garden of Eden. The narrow path led him around a corner, and he found Angela in a small clearing where the branches had been cut back to let in light from the glass ceiling. She had a gardening fork in her hand and was digging at the roots of a large bush with long, white, trumpet-shaped flowers hanging from its branches. It was their perfume that filled the air. Here we are, she said. Sit down and unbutton yourself. You must be boiling. There were two armchairs and a small table. And as he sat down and took off his jacket and tie, he felt a little breeze on his cheek from an open window above them. It was a pleasant spot. I know those flowers, he said. You bring them into the office sometimes. I brought them, she corrected. Not anymore. But yes, angels' trumpets, they're called, 
lovely smell. Angel, not Angela's then. Where are they from? South America. But I only discovered them when I joined Plank. I've been growing them ever since. She sat down opposite him. It's good to see you, Angela. How are you? I heard. About the chemo? She shook her head. No use. They estimate three to six months. But I've come to terms with that. It's not why I called you. We need to talk, Rudy. But first, uh, something to drink? This juice I make is good. She opened a fridge near her chair and pulled out two bottles with a green smoothie inside and handed one to him. He poured himself a glass and drank. It was delicious. I'm listening, he said. It was this photograph that did it. She put a copy of the latest company annual report on the table, opened to show a double-page picture of the managing board of Plank, the new CEO in their middle walking towards the viewer. A line of pale, middle-aged men in white shirts and dark suits, chests puffed out and swinging their arms vigorously. Well, the photographer is trying too hard to make them look dynamic, said Rudy. He took another sip of his drink. But that's not the problem, I guess. He looked again, and then it hit him. Ah, he said, no women. Or any kind of diversity, she said. Believe me, this picture pushed me over the edge. For thirty years, she told him, she'd worked to promote gender equality within Plank. The previous CEO had been sympathetic and started giving women senior positions. Women need positions with responsibility at an early stage. I built a pipeline of talented and diverse people, not only women, to fill senior jobs. And then he died. That had been a shock. A car accident on a Sunday morning on the way to church, and her mentor was gone. So was Angela's pipeline. All my stars left when they saw what the new CEO was like. He has no talent himself, and he doesn't like talent around him. It's the bland leading the bland. And it's not just plank. Only 29% of companies in Europe have women in senior management. Somebody has to do something. Rudy relaxed a little. He knew what to do now. He would nod sympathetically, say it was awful, and let Angela blow off steam. He reached for his drink again, but to his surprise knocked it over. Sorry, he said. So clumsy. He stopped. His tongue felt thick in his mouth. Relax. Angela said. Let's change the subject for a minute. I have a botany lesson for you. The angel's trumpet plant that surrounded them had interesting properties, she told him. Plank had profited from some of them, in particular a drug called scopolamine made from the seeds. In small doses it was used to treat heart disease. 
In middle-sized doses, however, it's not so nice. Then the consumer can't move or even cry for help. That is what you just had in your smoothie. Rudy tried to pull himself up, but it was true. He was helpless. But why? He gasped. He could hardly talk. Because in a large dose, scopolamine kills people. You see, I have nothing to lose now. So, I've decided to do something radical about gender equality. But you'll have to tell the world my reasons, because I'll be dead. What, what, what have you done? She leant forward, smiling. This morning, I sent your CEO a lovely box of angel trumpet-flavoured chocolates, he heard her say. And then he passed out. The journalist who slapped him awake reacted quickly when Rudy told him what was happening. It was too late to save Angela, but in minutes the police were on their way to the plank headquarters, with journalists and camera crews close behind. Rudy watched in television from a hospital bed. Amazingly, the police seized the chocolates before anybody ate them. Of course, the story dominated the news around the world. Rudy was interviewed repeatedly, Angela's motives were examined and discussed, and the topic of gender equality was on everyone's lips. None of this was good publicity for Planck Pharmaceuticals. The company's share price dropped, and the CEO's career was over. When he was released from hospital, Rudy took the journalist to a restaurant. Something I don't understand, he asked as they started a second bottle of wine. What were you doing at Angela's apartment? I got a call from her, said she had a big story for me. Strange, said Rudy. Why would she do that? I mean, that's probably the only reason the man she hated is still alive. The journalist finished his glass and helped himself to another. Well, let me tell you something stranger. The police analysed those chocolates, but they didn't find any of that angel's trumpet poison in them. So, what was she trying to achieve? Rudy ate silently for a while, thinking it over. And then gradually, he understood She'd used them all to achieve exactly what she wanted. Angela had trumpeted her message around the world. Let's drink, he said, raising his glass, to very clever women. Angela's trumpet was published in Business Spotlight in 2019. And it was inspired by a picture that I saw on LinkedIn. And the picture showed the new board of directors for a large German company. And uh, as in the story itself, it showed a group of white middle-aged men all dressed in nearly identical grey suits, 
uh, with no ties, all trying to stride purposefully towards the camera to show how um, energetic and dynamic and youthful they were. And I remember looking at the picture and thinking, God, if I was a woman, how angry would that make me if I was working for this company and this was supposed to be representative of uh, of my company? And then I started thinking, is it too difficult to imagine somebody becoming so incensed that they would actually risk some sort of terrorist attack on a group of directors like that? And I could kind of imagine it. I could imagine if I was a woman feeling that angry about something like that. And then I started thinking, well, I wonder why it's never happened. Uh, And then, well, of course, there are always the consequences. And generally speaking, we're too sensible to actually want to do something outrageous and face the consequences. And then the idea came to me. But supposing you had a character who had nothing to lose, would maybe she be prepared to do something dramatic in order to make a point? So I speculated along these lines for a while. And first of all, I was going to have Angela wipe out the entire board of directors with her poison chocolates. But then I thought, well, the trouble is, if she did that, then what would happen is there would be a ferocious backlash against feminism, and it would actually put the cause back by many, many years. So I thought rather than have her kill everybody, uh, she would just highlight the issue in a way that they couldn't attempt to deny I had quite a lot of fun researching what the possible poisons could be for Angela to use. And um, if the FBI or CIA or any other security service investigates my laptop, it's going to look very bad for me. If anybody in, in my surroundings should happen to have died or something unexpectedly. But it's really quite fascinating how many plants are out there which can kill us. Um, I was quite interested, for example, in oleander, uh, which is uh, available all over the place, uh, which is also uh, very poisonous. Um, Rhododendrons, for example, rhododendron flower, rhododendron honey, rhododendron honey. um, If the honey is made from pollen from rhododendron flowers, uh, will kill you. And apparently in the Roman Empire, Um, A whole Roman legion was put out of action by eating honey made by bees out of rhododendron flowers in Turkey somewhere. And as for oleander, a fun fact here, some of Napoleon's soldiers are supposed to have poisoned themselves when he was campaigning in Spain, cooking meat spiked on oleander sticks. But the plant uh, Angel's, Angel's Trumpet is the real name, Angel's Trumpet, Uh, one out. It's a member of the deadly nightshade family. It's a very beautiful flower, Um, but all parts of the plant are poisonous. It does have medicinal purposes, like I say in the story, but is apparently used for all sorts of wicked and terrible things in South America. And the Sun newspaper, which of course is the the go-to source for everything shocking and horrible that you want to know in the world. Um, the Sun wrote this fascinating article when it was trying to write scare stories about British girls on holiday and how they should be careful. The drug is called scopolamine, but more commonly referred to as devil's breath, and is made from the seeds of the borrachero tree. Devil's breath comes as a fine white powder which is blown into the victim's face or used to spike food and drinks and renders people helpless within minutes.
It then disappears from the bloodstream within around four hours, meaning it often becomes untraceable before a victim has had time to be tested. So, there you go. Somebody blows a fine white powder into your face. Uh, Better call the police. The conservatory that Angela has in her flat has always been something of a fantasy of mine. Ever since I saw the film Green Card with Andy McDowell and Gerard Depardieu in it, I always wanted to have a huge indoor conservatory like that. And so in my stories, of course, I make things come to life that I would like to have. So that's the origin of the conservatory. Um, I really like planting and gardening. I'm not very good at it, but I would like to have the ability to do what Angela did, though maybe perhaps not to take it to such extremes. The character of Rudolf Helm, head of security at Planck Pharmaceuticals, was sort of inspired by a very charming head of security I once met. And when I told him that I was writing a story and that he was a a side character in it, uh, I think he was worried that he was going to be made into the bad guy. Um, Head of security is always the bad guy, he told me. So I sent him the story when I'd written it, and I think he was surprised and pleased to find that he was actually the good guy in my story. And so if there are any other heads of security out there, I hope I hope you feel reassured. We like you really. One slightly alarming fact that I just remembered now as I'm recording this episode. Um, when I told my friend, the head of security, about scopolamine, I assumed at first that he would know nothing about it. Uh, but he said quite casually to me after I told him about it, he said, oh yes, Two or three teenagers managed to poison themselves every year trying to get high on that stuff. And I thought, okay, this is why this guy's head of security. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget, please go to my website, behindthebottomline.com, and to Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can give me a review or a rating. And it's very helpful for me uh, if you do that because it encourages other people to listen in remember as i said at the beginning you can read each of these season stories on my website and please tell your friends about the podcast um, word of mouth is really the best way for more people to find out about behind the bottom line next week's story is called rom-com and i hope you'll be back to listen to it until then take care and goodbye <laughs>